In this episode of The Full Nerd, Ryzen 3300X, cheap PCIe 4. Uh, let's do that again. Your audio <laughs> cut out. <laughs> Your audio cut out. You're muted right now, man. <laughs> I don't know what's up. Sometimes this laptop will just mute both input and output. Did any of that work? Uh, just uh, half the first of it. three words. Yeah. <laughs> you know what happens is I think the laptop gets vibrated or something, and for some reason it just it mutes it both out. I can't believe it. It's just you, like, silently screaming at the screen. It was great. <laughs> well, it's weird because it'll go on fine, but if it if the <laughs> laptop, I have to figure out what does that. There's something triggering this auto-mute. It shuts everything off. It's really weird. I think... All right, uh, here we're going to go. Your laptop just thinks you're being too loud. Maybe. And it's just it's doing it for self-protection? Yep. It's, it's shutting off the inputs and outputs? All right, here we go. In this episode of The Full Nerd, Ryzen 3300X, cheap... PCIe 4, and all of my old junk. Welcome to the Full Nerd episode 136. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Special guest Keith May from WCCF Tech. And Adam Patrick Murray controlling the vertical and horizontal. The audio listeners are going to love seeing Brad and Keith wave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why did they? I said hello, Internet. Oh, no. You got cut out. Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, okay. Well, hello, Internet. Yeah, there you go. Hello. <laughs> We're definitely having some weird streaming issues today. Weird. The Internet's going to hell. I think we should just get off of it. Let's just, let's just be done with the Internet. Go back to telegraphs. Yeah, pretty much. That. I'll learn Morse code and communicate that way. Yeah. It would definitely make... Um, Make uh, like Twitter seem like you know excessive amount of words. You're you're cutting out, Brad. I would love to send angry telegrams to people, like instead of angry tweets, just like take the time to write angry. Yeah, it's it's still cut coming in and out. Uh, I don't know if you've got any any uh, hardware going on, uh, but it'd be the uh, the RT the RTX. I have it off. We'll just figure it out, I guess. Who knows? Uh, anyway, in the meantime, we got we got some news to talk about, right, Gordon? Yeah, we do. Of course, I totally blew it because apparently AMD sent uh, me an email last night and I, I, or yesterday, and I was not paying attention. Wow. Uh, hopefully, Brad or Keith knows what's up. I don't. All I know is Ryzen three, thirty three hundred X, and affordable PCIe four. Oh, and and isn't it also thirty one hundred X? Isn't that a no X. Yep. Oh, 3100. 30. Yep. So who knows the speeds and feeds on these things? Keith, you want to jump in just in case my volume cuts out? We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so they've got two new processors. And, of course, there's Zen 2 and 7 nanometer based. And it is the more budget-oriented ones. Now, we have seen 3000 series branded Ryzen 3 chips already in the 3200G, but that is the APU. So you're looking at the Zen Plus cores with the Vega um, graphics built on. But this is the true Zen 2-based quad-core parts. Now, both of them are four cores and eight threads. So no more of this just a quad-core part like what the 3200 is just like what they released back in the first generation and second generation, even though the second generations didn't come around until very late, but quad core eight threads. Now the, they're both 65 Watts and they both have 18 megs of total cash. 
Now the 3300X is coming in at 120 bucks. It's a little bit more expensive, but it does have a bit higher clock speeds with a 3.8 gigahertz base and a 4.1 gigahertz, no 4.3 gigahertz boost. And the 3100 non-X is a little bit cheaper at $99 and you're looking at a 3.6 gigahertz base with a 3.9 gigahertz boost. So overall, I think, I think these are solid entries because they are far enough away from like the 3600, even on sale prices that they do occupy a very different space. And what are they competing against at this price point? I have not looked, uh, I have not looked at the 90. I mean, Intel really has not competed down at this, this level for a while. So it seems like it's almost worse for them with these parts. Well, it's kind of weird. Uh, hopefully y'all can hear me. Uh, they're kind of competing against themselves with the 3200G because the big difference between these chips and the 3200G is the 3200G has, you know, the integrated graphics, whereas it's still really weird to me that AMD hasn't managed to squeeze integrated graphics throughout the Ryzen lineup because, like, you have – this is great, a $99 processor, but then you still have to pair it with discrete graphics because there's no way to output it. So. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, but it's all – because these are, you know, essentially – I imagine these are, you know, um, the leftovers, right? You sort mm-hmm. of get the they they take take the the dies that have chips that still work, and they start getting lower and lower and lower. And this is sort of like probably the end of the line. But so I I it feels like we won't be able to see AMD with integrated graphics. Um, it feels like until we get to Ryzen four thousand on desktop, right? So it feels like they they need to do it for the next part to have uh, IGPs. Well, it sounds as Intel is all the rumors are saying they're going to be launching new chips soon. So I, I think this Ryzen chip will probably blow away anything Intel has going on right now. But we'll have to see if Intel does launch stuff soon and, you know, what it is. Yeah, I mean, Intel still hasn't really wanted to play this this <clears throat> price war with AMD that hard, it feels like. But they did have that overclockable Pentium part, though, right? That was several years ago, wasn't it? No, yeah. no, there was a there was another one. I thought it was about a year ago where they had uh, an unlock part or something at the very, very low end. They unlocked the i three. Oh, that's it. But it was like hundred and eighty bucks. <laughs> yeah, so they're just not. It's just simply not competitive <laughs> for Intel. Like, although, but like Brad said, that i three gives you you know integrated graphics, so you don't have to buy a graphics card. And if you're not playing games and all you're doing is using the web. Is that a better choice for some people? Can't wait to see the benchmarks, man, because these seven nanometer uh, Ryzen chips have brought it to Intel and Core i5, Core i9, Core i7, or Ryzen 7, Ryzen 5, Ryzen 9. And I'm real curious to see how this does. I'm actually more excited about finally these motherboards are coming out, these B550 motherboards. That was actually, even though AMD didn't really say much about it, uh, that was like the, the lead angle for me. Uh, after, you know, whatever it's been, six, seven months since PCIe came out on X570 boards, AMD announced that, yes, we're finally going to have B550 motherboards. So mainstream class motherboards that basically support PCIe 4 you don't have to spend $200 on an X570 board anymore. So that's great. Uh, 
obviously it's tied into the release of these cheaper Ryzen 3 parts. Uh, the part that's a little bit confusing is that these Ryzen 3 parts launch next month, uh, but B550 still doesn't come until mid-June. So it's like a very early announcement by AMD. I would have thought they would have tied the two launches together, but that's not quite the case. But more affordable PCIe 4 is coming, and I am excited to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of glad that <clears throat> it's even going to be there, because I was under the impression that there's a chance PCIe 4 would not be on that, that entry-level chipset. Yeah, I'm real curious. Yeah. Yeah, they haven't announced any details other than, hey, we're going to have them and it will have some sort of PCIe 4. So what are your thoughts on it? Do you think they're going to go... I don't think it's going to be full PCIe 4 support. Do you think it's going to be maybe 1M.2 and the primary GPU slot? Or even go as far as the the primary GPU slot. Yeah, I'm. That too. I'm with you on that second theory because, you know, it feels like the cheaper way to go. Because I I don't imagine you need as as much hardware if you just simply make it so the GPU supports PCIe four. So I I kind of think we'll see. It's probably going to be up to the board makers, but you would think like yeah, you know, if you want to build just PCIe four for the graphics card, you can do it. Because I'm going to guess every single next generation card will be PCIe 4. And it's going to be really hard to market a PC if you, if you don't have PCIe 4. Even if it probably doesn't make a lick of difference. Although we'll have to wait to see when we get new generation cards. But uh, Well, we do have uh, Elena Yi in the chat. She said she's uh, she's really excited to build with all this stuff. But she's stuck at home. Womp womp. And this is because she likes the cheaper stuff. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to say, yeah. Gordon? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> uh, also, re- real quick, VC Jester gave us $5 uh, tip. Thank you very much. Uh, it says one like uh, on this video week is one prayer for Tech Buddha. Uh, that's <laughs> Gordon's street name. <laughs> so, you know what I want to note, though? Because, I, I mean, obviously, Ryzen 3 is good news for sort of budget gamers. Uh, I got a couple questions. You know, we be, we keep hearing from a lot of people say, well, quad core is not enough. You know, that's not enough. So is that bad for the CPU? I don't agree with that personally. Uh, the other one is, does Intel have to now do PCIe 4 on anything new? Because it just feels just sort of ancient to not have PCIe 4 this, this late after AMD's announced all their... I mean, it's been like they've had PCIe 4 for eight months now, it feels like. Yeah, go ahead, Keith. Any thoughts? Um, well, there, there's always the quad core is dead. Now, I'm going to go ahead and say the dual core is dead. Yeah. Like, well, it, yeah. It, it's dead outside of a, a basic office computer that you're just answering emails on. But for like a gaming system, from all of my testing that I've been doing recently, especially like recent launch titles, one of the things I like to do, and I know that down coring a, a core i9 is not the same thing as throwing in a Pentium and stuff to get like a dual core, but um, looking at how a game handles cores, threads, what have you, even on a 2080 Ti, that four core, eight thread part is generally like, that's what I would say is the lowest I would go. Once you go down past that, you start to really eating into it, but that's on a $1,200 graphics card. You you sh- you shouldn't be pairing a qu- uh, that up to play 1080p games. 
Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. Sometimes I, I think there's a bit of a and that my my general vice, which everybody gets angry with me, is I still think a quad core with SMT is still useful for gaming. I I don't recommend you'd pay top dollar for it. But ninety nine dollars though. Look, you take that a hundred bucks. Okay, hear me out, guys. A uh, hundred bucks for the quad core eight thread CPU. It's going to clock plenty high enough to get you some good performance. Pair it up with a hundred, $115 uh, B550 board. Now, maybe the prices on PCIe4 GPUs will come down, what have you. But then you take something like a, a 1650 Super or a, an RX 5500 XT, and your your goal is to game at 1080p. Right. You're, you're going to be fine. You're not, <laughs> unless you've got multiple monitors and you're watching movies on one and you got your discord going and you're trying to play um, a game online with 64 people. Yep. And stream as well. Of course, obviously for the <laughs> yep. sort of people who want to stream their own Twitch streams. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a stretch, a little bit of a stretch these days, but yeah, you have to, the use case and the person has to come into play more than the absolute maximum capabilities of, of the hardware. If you're realistic with the the setup and the parts that's going into it, I think you're going to find that that quad core eight threaded part will hold up for quite a while. Yeah, I love you, it. That's that makes sense. The real world applications. I love that. You don't hear that very often. <laughs> uh, no, and I agree with you. And it does feel like people get really upset. Like they get upset at me because I I will not change my opinion that you pair that quad core with the appropriate video card and you have reasonable expectations for what you're going to do obviously not streaming but you know what for a lot of people it's fine it's not the greatest it's certainly far from the best but you'll be happy with it people have been like in our recent comments in our recent videos uh they've been asking hey is a quad is even a six core too little because these new consoles are going to have you know eight cores 16 threads if you look at the xbox uh, the way they have their thing set up, it does have potential for 18 threads, but they also have a mode where you go down to just the straight eight cores and you get much higher clock speeds on the Xbox. And I have a feeling that with the way game design works and the way development works and the way that these games it, it take advantage of cores, that's going to be the mode that we see more games than not running in. And in which case... Even, you know, three or four years from now, after all these console games are starting to become more popular, four cores and eight threads will hold up with that just fine. Yeah. And, you know, I, I and I, I think you're probably with me as well, everybody here, but I wish that game developers would like, oh, you've got 16 threads. We're going to do incredible AI, all the, all this amazing stuff and physics and blah, 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 and load it up to you running 99% of the time and all 16 threads. But I don't think that's, I just don't think that's realistic. I just, because they, you know, one of the issues with the PC, which is always, it's our strength and our weakness, is as a developer, you want to be able to support people with dual cores, frankly, because you want to sell every single copy of a game. You wish you could, and then you they always look at sort of the sweet spot. They look at the, uh, EA has an internal survey, Steam has a survey that they publicize, they want to sell to the, as many people as they can and limiting it to 816 where you have major gaming shifts is really tough. It's, it's the same reason why, you know, frankly, ray tracing is slower than I think everybody 
would have hoped for and some companies would have would have Nvidia would have wished they really wish it would have taken off like a rocket but you know, everybody understands it's it's not easy to do this and you want to sell as many copies as possible not as few as copies as possible yeah uh, I uh I think it'd be great if games uh I wouldn't be surprised if as the console generation goes on we'll see more games that do take advantage like have the potential to scale up to using more cores we're already starting to see that to some degree in like open world games and stuff like that some DirectX 12 games but I think that if you're buying a $100 CPU right now I mean you can't really worry about 5 years from now you're just going to get good stuff right now and it's going to be just fine and these, uh, these, I, I didn't look to it. Obviously, I missed out on everything, but these are standard AM4. There's no kind of wackiness. Everything up and down the stack should work. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just, just a, just another Ryzen processor. Uh, the only thing I didn't get an answer on was, does it have the how many PCIe lanes does the CPU have? Oh, was, hmm. I sent an email this morning asking about it, but I haven't gotten back. Oops. A <laughs> uh, question I have, uh, and a little tease for tomorrow: Are are these CPUs eligible for our uh, our build challenge we're doing tomorrow? No, because you can't uh, buy them. You <sighs> can't buy them. It's out it's, uh, it. next month for these, and then June for B five fifty. I'm actually really more curious. Like I said before about B five fifty, I'm curious to see. They're supposed to be the mainstream, you know, motherboards. I'm curious to see how. They're going to be able to navigate that because if you look at all the X570 boards, PCIe 4 requires a lot more cooling and in a lot of cases active cooling. Uh, even if they nerf it to some degree in B550, I expect them to generally cost more. I'm real curious to see if they keep B450 around so it's like a dual tier kind of a deal. Huh. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting because, I mean, a lot of the heat from X570 was because the, the chipset was essentially the IO chip from a Ryzen part, right? Yeah. So I guess if you, you know, again, like we were saying earlier, you're not going to get all kinds of PCI 4 all over this motherboard. It might be just the GPU. So that no. next gen GPUs. If they do you, anything, I, if they do anything, they have to make it the storage, man. Well, well, here, here's the thing. The storage could come directly off of the CPU. It does. Does it have to go through the chipset? No, because yeah, they they the SOC technically has a, a buy four off of it, right? Yeah. So would you what... even have to worry about that thermal envelope? Yeah, I mean they could limit it, but can you do? You should be able to do the GPU by sixteen plus do. Well, I mean, it depends on what the. Yeah. I mean, I guess. And I and actually the weird thing though, like because you we don't know, but as you said. Yeah, if, if I drop in a, a, a 3700X, yeah, sure. I, I got all this PCIe 4 because this SOC has it all. But what's going to be in this bottom end part? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to get into weirdness, you know, of, you know, like certain Intel configurations where you, you put in some CPUs and some things just run slower or turn off, you know? Maybe like X. X. <laughs> right. Could, I mean, with that... Do you think that would make people angry? Because, but you know, at the same time, you can't really be, get mixed up because the the functionality comes with your CPU, unless you buy a you know Gen four 
M.2 drive and it runs at Gen 3. That would be upsetting. Huh. Interesting. I guess we'll have to see, we'll have to see what it is. I mean, I would imagine the IO die would be the same for these. Yeah. I'm real curious. I found it real interesting that they basically just said, yeah, that's coming in two months and didn't give any more details whatsoever. I mean, there've been, this thing's B550 has been rumored for months and months and months now. Like they were people saying they were ready to be announced at, you know, uh, CES, but then they got pulled at the last second, just like the Intel boards. So yeah. I, I, was, I was hoping to see a little bit more detail. I wonder if they're waiting for a potential GPU launch to pair it with, or just simply this is just all normal. Our world is things are coming out slower than, than we would have hoped. June. June could work. June 16th is the week after E3 should have been. So looking at what AMD has done recently, that could have been, you know, Big Navi. They'd be like, hey, here's B550 and Big Navi to take advantage of it. Who knows? Maybe. Possibly. Right. I would expect that to be later this year, but that definitely very well could have been the original plan. In Computex, too. So Yeah. And then also, frankly, we don't know what NVIDIA is going to do. I imagine next-gen cards will have PCIe 4, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just no reason not to have it. I think because, you know, AMD can already say they checked the PCIe 4 box, and NVIDIA hates being last to everything, and they already are last in 7 nanometer. I think yeah. they're going to wind up being PCIe 4 just so they don't have that marketing advantage anymore. Right. You agree, Steve? Oh, God, what I did again? <laughs> yes, I Do you agree, agree Keith? <laughs> yes. Man, awkward. Yeah, no, I, He's I never coming back again. <laughs> I concur. Having to hide logos on bottles so that nobody freaks out. Oh, <laughs> it's a blue. It's a blue I, water bottle, huh? I yeah. saw it. Already. I saw it already. Uh oh. I saw it. I have a. That's... I could just put everything in this black one here. I, I drink a lot of water, so. See, that's why I drink no name diet Codasola. So that nobody gets mad at me. <laughs> That's so mm. generic, Brad. Adequately refreshing. And imagine if we got sponsored by that and we had to do an ad read for uh, Diet Cola oh, Soda. I would love to. Brought to you by <laughs> Diet Cola Soda. It's no sure refreshing. Is, it sure is okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. To, there would have to be a disclaimer at the end of the video. Diet Soda is not affiliated with Diet Coke. <laughs> Even though we use the same colors, they probably like got the the Pantone colors for the Diet mm -hmm. Coke for the silver and the red look exactly the same. And then they just they shifted it in Photoshop. Okay, add add a add a hundred to it. You know, what I mean? no, it's not because this is crazy. But they're they they do have Pantone experts that go to court and they say when they have trademark disputes, they say like, look, they haven't copied. They have an expert witness testify that they copied their color down to the exact Pantone color. So, true, it's true. Uh, also, I forgot to mention uh, earlier. Uh, LaSalle Rhymes the third gave us five dollars. Said good day, folks. Thank you. And uh, Eek forty four gave us seventeen uh, crones. I think is what we settled on on that. So it says only one with plants. Don't know what he's referring to, but thank you. Appreciate it. He's talking about you and your background. I like it. Oh yeah, maybe. Uh, Anyway, I've been meaning to get plants for my office. Actually, it what if they're fake? Oh no, these are real. They take a lot of, a lot of love, a lot of work. <laughs> um, but you know what else is real? 
is old PC hardware found in Gordon's garage. It's true, right? I want to complain his garage. <laughs> yeah, and like a lot of people, I uh, we finally did the clean out. We had 20 years with the junk just piling up downstairs. Some of it was water damage, so we got a, a dumpster the size of our house currently waiting for them to come pick it up. They did not take e-waste, but um, going through all of this junk, I found many cardboard boxes full of uh, historic items from the past. Uh, we can, Adam's going to show, you want to just pick one? We can. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't even know what I'm looking at. You got to, just for background, uh, Gordon sent me a, a download with a, a folder with a, a ton of photos in it. I mean, do we just want to go through all of them real quick, or what? How about my first laptop? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay, that that's a good one. Let me get that loaded. I tell you what, man. Me, I don't have a lot of old stuff sitting around. One, I was not into the scene at the time that your first laptop came out. But two, I'm very active in like getting rid of my old stuff and giving it to other people who need it. I don't have any old stuff laying around my office. Well, I actually keep a lot of it so I can give it to other people, but I just like, oh, that takes time. And then, you know what? <laughs> I've also realized after doing this most of my life, hey, I'm having problems with this. Like, oh, you just like basically you're picking up uh, free support clients, right? That's <laughs> it happens. All right. Happens. Well, we'll t tell people about this uh, laptop that I'm uh, I'm showing on the screen. Uh, okay, so this is uh, a Toshiba T1600. It's from the 19... It possibly is from the late 1980s to early 1990s. If I remember, I didn't look up the specs, but I think it was a 286 in there. It's a floppy, and... I love that I mean, keyboard. <laughs> I love the keyboard, and I would call it a mechanical keyboard, although I don't really think it is a mechanical keyboard. I mean, it has great action. Um, it's built like a mechanical keyboard, but I suspect it's a dome keyboard, but it's just, it's got, it doesn't have a, a mechanical keyboard, like an actual mechanical switch. I suspect it's still a dome in there, but the action is awesome on it. Uh, CC's asking, uh, did it have a lead acid battery? <laughs> it actually has two batteries. They were probably nickel metal. They were mounted in the front. They were swappable drive bays. I don't think I gave Adam the picture of it. But under the keyboard, there were two batteries that were modular. You would flip a switch and you'd pull it out. But this laptop was really cool. I, I got it uh, as, a, as a great deal. My mom bought it for me. Hey, for all the parents listening to this, buy your kids computers. It may spark interest in computers, uh, even if it's incredibly expensive like this laptop. I only got it because we had a relative who worked at Toshiba Irvine. But what was awesome about this laptop is the screen actually detached. So there's one picture where the screen comes off of it. It's actually on purpose. So there's a <laughs> flip-down switch. You took the EVGA LCD backlit screen, monochrome, and you, you could take it off, and then you would fold down the connector, and you would have a monitor hooked up to all the ports on back, and you would use it as a desktop. So the monitor would not get in the way of, of the monitor that you would use in front of the keyboard. And it even had a stand in back that you flip down, and then it would tilt the back up, which is really funny because there's a lot of things like today's laptops, you flip the screen down, and it tilts the whole laptop up, right, for better cooling. And, of course, you have all the ports and everything. Um, 
I looked at the power supply. It's as big as a 330-watt power supply today, but it was 45 watts. So power supplies have also come a long way. So, But the, I, this laptop I used for a long time, and it was just awesome for schoolwork, all the floppy and all that stuff. Had an internal hard drive. I was just Googling it. Uh, yeah, it has a 286 at 6 or 12 megahertz, 1 megabyte of RAM, 20 megabyte hard drive, and a 1.44 floppy. Wow. I was looking for the keys. <laughs> they are mechanical. Oh, they actually are mechanical? Yeah, there's a spring in there. They are Alps Common Mount Low Profile. Wow. With a metal leaf in it. Uh, Anthony, That's so funny. Anthony Williams wants to know, uh, can it play Oregon Trail? <laughs> I did actually try some games on this, so it wasn't it wasn't pretty. But, you know, PC gaming, obviously, in the in the late 1980s was, was didn't actually really exist that much, so... Wasn't a big deal. Uh, I, uh, this is a 286. My first computer when I was a kid at home was a 386. So this predates me. Yeah, I even I, we don't have to show it, but I found the the motherboard manual for my original uh, PC. It says Turbo 640 mainboard user manual. That's all right. It's just a picture of a. It's pretty generic because it was a pretty generic computer. Oh yeah. Uh, is there a number Four, on five, that? Two, Sorry. Three three. Four five two three three. Oh, there it is. Got it. Yeah, that was that was my original. That's that's how old this is. Like, that's got to be from 1982, I think, probably. Turbo 640 mainboard user manual. Nice. And under that is my Commodore 64 manual, which is even older. Yeah, but you know what? Bringing it up to a little more modern stuff. Can you click on that Cooler Master case with all the drive bays? Uh, I sure can. That's a that's a true classic. That thing is awesome, and I wish I could still configure a PC to look like that today without extensive modding. See, I right. was complaining to Adam and Elena. I want more drive base. Mm-hmm. I want more drive base. Bring the drive base. Hashtag bring the drive base back. I don't even is want it? a DVD drive. I want the rest of the stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I mean, so this it, for audio listeners, it it is an is a classic. Cooler Master ATCS case, so it's aluminum, but this was the bigger version of the original one. Um, it has two optical drives. One is a Plextor, the other one I think is an Acer. An Auto G2 drive bay with all kinds of, uh, there's a Firewire 400 port, all kinds of connectors on it. And under that is, I believe, a Cooler Master um, analog gauge that had a thermometer. The temperature gauge with it just a simple thermistor you would just tape on something. Uh, voltage, because it acted as a fan bay, and um, I think a, a VU meter. So you'd, you would route it through the onboard analog, and then the VU meter would just kind of bounce the needle around. And inside, That's the thing I want. I want that on my computer so bad. The chunky analog dials there, I love it. Yeah, and, you know, somebody made a better version of You know, of course, people not today, they would make a digital glass version, but... It's not as fun. Yeah, no, as I wonder fun. if you could go to uh, Bill Owen, MNPC Tech. He makes all kinds of modding things. I, I wonder if he has something parts. like this. Yeah. He's, the the check that thing out. that case has that I want is that three and a half inch bay. <laughs> <laughs> because for? For memory card readers. Oh. A front yeah. memory card reader. You know, they make all this stuff for creators and and then nobody put in a memory card reader anywhere. That's actually that's actually really smart. 
Gordon makes fun of me because I wanted SD card on my lap, SD card reader on my laptop, but you know, you need it. I bought a laptop and pulled it open, and it didn't have one. I was like, "What is this garbage?" <laughs> well, uh, you're trading off, you're trading Z height for the card reader. So, have I, you I seen how big an SD card is? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's like an Apple excuse right there. I'm not, I'm not buying that. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I, for me, I would, yeah. I mean, I would ideally like it, but I would trade a better GPU and better CPU or more storage for the for the SD card. So, I, it's one of those Yeah, well, easy. It would be nice, but then it's bigger, and then you know, frankly, somebody goes to the store or they read some a hole reviewer who says, "Oh, this laptop's two millimeters thicker." So then they nobody buys it. Oh, like by the a... way, for ins anyway, more photos, Good. more photos. <laughs> on the inside of this machine just for historical purposes is a dual Athlon MP box so it's basically it was uh, it was the sort of workstation version of the Athlon they made a dual socket version of Athlon MP it's a full SCSI build ultra SCSI build and there's a plexiglass window on the side which I didn't take a picture of because it's the ribbon cables are running everywhere in there you didn't get the round ones no no because well the, I you know SCSI was just not ultra SCSI. They never bothered to do that with the, uh, they only did that with the IDE. They never did that with SCSI because I think SCSI people were too cool for that anyway because noise, noise, you would induce noise into it is what they would claim. What, okay, let's look at something super cool. What's super cool here? How tell about, you, there's, there's one thing here that I'm mad that you have actually. Which one? Item uh, Adam three zero one one zero. Yep, I it I knew is, that was the one you were going to go for. <laughs> this Nvidia branded Half Life crowbar, right? because I had started covering graphics cards here like a year earlier than that, and I this like I throw away ninety nine percent of swag, but I would love to have this. And you started here, and like one month after you started here, they sent that to you instead of me, and I'm like, what the heck? Really? <laughs> Yeah, it's a really 100%. good crowbar. This is the second Nvidia crowbar I have because there's another green one. <laughs> oh man, you're just rubbing it in now. Right? Do you need some lemon juice to pour on the wound that you just poured the salt? That one, that one's in the back of my uh, uh, our van, and I just have it there for emergencies. Down by the it's, river. It's a, it's a very hefty, very hefty crowbar. I'll have to take a picture of that too. All right, you know what's okay? Here is the treasure. This is this is. This is a treasure. Let's go to the uh, the T-shirt image. It's uh, three. We're like we're like eBay Adams here. I it's know, right? Three three one six. Three three one six. Uh, all right, man. I'm not seeing it. Two two what? three three one six. It's uh, it was right black, next to the crowbar. It's black with uh, white text. Oh, got it, got it, got it. There we go. All right. And for audio listeners. I'm going to describe this. It is the back of a black, because all tech t-shirts have to be black for some reason, in ATI okay. Technologies. Computer geek sweat. Yes, it's true. <laughs> you know, when you when you spill salsa on them, you're like, oh, I'm glad it's black. <laughs> I, I do agree with that. It says across the top, ATI Technologies. On top, at the rock, uh, Dell Dimension, XPS, Half-Life 2, and the bottom... Alcatraz Island 2003. So I found two of these t-shirts, pristine shape, never worn, large, size large. And this was given to journalists and analysts who made the trip in 2003 
to Alcatraz Island. Uh, ATI, and obviously with money from Valve and Dell, hired out Alcatraz Island to bring out maybe, it felt like, 300 analysts and and press, plus all of the, the company officials. So they were talking about a lot of people packed onto Alcatraz Island for a BAFO party to launch new Radeon card, which I'm going to guess was a, you know, around the 9,700 days. Awesome day. Awesome. Awesome card and half-life two. So we all show up there because it's like, Hey, Gabe Newell's going to be here. We're talking half-life two. This is before people started saying half-life three was confirmed. Half-life two. This is before steam was launched too. I think, right. Mm -hmm. It was. We all get out to this island. We're in this room. You know, there's food. There's lights. It's just, this is a classic. I'm going to give a shout out. This is a Chris Hook joint. Chris Hook throws the best parties in the industry for launches. We're all out there. Gabe gets up there. Dell gets up there. ATI's there. Hardware is launched. Gabe talks. No Half-Life. No Half-Life 2 launch. And we're all kind of like, what? Gabe, Gabe gives a nice speech. And then he basically goes back, gets on a ferry, and leaves the island. We're all kind of like, like we, I thought we were getting Half-Life uh, 2 here, right? Because obviously, everybody wanted Half-Life 2. Yeah, and it says it on the shirt. It says <laughs> it on the shirt. And it wasn't there. And we're just like, and we're just like, uh, what are we all? And, of course, we're all stuck on Alcatraz Island at that point because, you know, there weren't enough ferries and it was a it was a classic, but I found this shirt and it reminded me of that day where people were like, "Huh?" It's a good shirt. It's a good shirt, and Alcatraz is really fun. Actually, I like yeah. Alcatraz a lot. Yeah, they when you when you buy the whole island, they give you tours of areas you can't go to normally, and they were just areas of the prison that that looked like Half Life and had not been cleaned since they shut it down in 1968. That's so cool. Full of crabs. Full of, uh, yeah, you, was any of it full of old PC hardware like your garage? No. I mean, there's tons of it, right? I mean, here's, uh. Yeah, what, what else? You want to do a sound card? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't I? <laughs> Is it this Five, monster one, sound? Eight, one, three. Yeah, okay. Monster sound 3D. Look at that. Oh, holy smokes. I just realized it came with a free copy of Jedi Knight. <laughs> Fancy. So I that, miss old school freaking design on boxes and graphics cards and stuff. <laughs> the face. Oh, look at that goatee too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, this is a Diamond Monster Sound MX200. has an REL 3D. It came with a monster cable, which it was a very short, like eight inch, you know, uh, eight inch cable, super heavy duty monster like. But in the end were just normal headphone jacks that you could use for the pass through. For the sound card, and it was at, and on top. It says "Advanced PCI Audio" with yeah. REL 3D. The card is still in there. I didn't take it out. Heart pounding 3D gaming, just like heart pounding. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, this. This. Yeah, <laughs> this. These were the days. This is. This is. This is when you know. Uh, Ariel and Creative were beefing over over audio, and you know gamers at that point were fully embraced to to Ariel. Diamond 
Uh, Diamond Multimedia was a famous brand, uh, much, much larger in the, in the 1990s than, than today. I think they are still around sort of as a brand that somebody else bought, but they, they really, they really did a lot of audio, uh, audio, sound cards. They also did a lot of video cards. Should I show the other monster Uh, sound card that you had in there? The monster 3D? Oh yeah, this is not, yeah, this is, this is the, Monster, it's a box for a voodoo card. I actually have a picture of the card in here. Yeah, show the card. Uh, 51927. That's the one they put in Half-Life Alex, isn't it? Is it? I think Seriously? so. <laughs> yeah, there's just in one of the parts of the game, there's there's an old card laying on a table and you can pick it up and it's like perfectly modeled. Really? That's hilarious. But it's monst- it's basically based on the original voodoo card, not a Voodoo 2 or anything? Uh, don't get me lying. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, for anybody who don't know, again, this this card, it was Diamond Multimedia. Diamond Multimedia was a huge brand in PC gaming in the late 1990s. This is the original Voodoo card, 3D effects. It, it basically, Voodoo ruled the world. Everybody wanted Voodoo, and all gamers... At that time, interestingly, were very much like, hey, we want Voodoo, we want 3D effects, and we want a proprietary API called Glide. We also want a, we also wanted our proprietary, you know, a 3D API. Um, at that time, it was Glide, OpenGL, and then of course, Microsoft was making DirectX come along. And for the most part, most gamers, it's interesting how things have very changed. At that time, people got very angry at Microsoft because they didn't want DirectX, if you think about it, which is kind of interesting from the perspective we see today with OpenGL and DirectX and Vulkan and the like. But everybody back then was like, no, you're trying to, to kill Glide, and Glide is definitely better. There were a lot of arguments why it wasn't because when you compared it to other video cards, it really did look like a water painting to two other technologies that came along. But this is, this is a classic video card. It only did 3d for people who don't know you ran your normal 2d desktop card. that would do all the rendering for windows. And then for 3d, you use this card. It would pass the signal through an analog pass through VGA. And then it would do all the acceleration on, on this card using the proprietary glide API. What a different time. Look how big all those chips are, too. Yeah. So chunky. Yeah, this was, if I remember right, it was pretty much a, a standard reference edition. With the Voodoo 2 cards, there were a lot of really cool, you know, at that time, revolutionary, you know, OEM, you know, ODM designs, custom cards. Most of the cards, 99% of them were just essentially reference cards from, from 3DFX at the time. Nice, nice. What else you got to show off? Uh, you know what? Should we do we that video off? card? We should do the FX 5800. 0418. Uh, 0418. Okay. This is an original, unbranded, interestingly, so it probably was just an engineering sample. Uh, GeForce FX... If I got that right, was it 5800 yeah. FX or FX 5800? I can't yeah, FX remember. First. Yeah, FX 5800, powered by single four-pin Molex. 
This was the the infamous leaf blower card. And at the time, it was cool because it was two slots. It had an all-copper heat pipe cooler on the back of it. There's just a massive chunk of copper on it, probably enough to build like two cars today. <laughs> Maybe about 10 million pennies. <laughs> I, and, love it. I love that look. I know. This, Gordon, you got to explain to people who may not have ever seen this card how the cooler operates because that's probably the one of the wildest things about it. Just how loud it was? No, no. The way that the, the airflow pattern on it, the way oh. that it, just the general design and how that works because it's not your usual blower. Yeah, it's like an air horn, right? It's very interesting. Yeah. You actually, I didn't show the other pick. The bottom side of it is it looks like an air horn. There's actually different chambers. Oh, it sucks air in from the outside and then it blows it out through the other side. It's been mm-hmm. it's been 20 years, Keith, so I can't remember it all. <laughs> but it wasn't that. It was like, look, this is cool. We suck air in from the outside and we exhaust it through uh, the cooling because that way you're getting cool air from outside directly over the the uh, heat sink to, to cool it better. We're going to suck it right back in. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with it really was the fan curves in this thing because this car just I, – I don't think they quite realized too because it's cool when you suck air in and blow it out, but it also it looks like a French horn for audio listeners. And that sort of – and the high RPM and the fan pitch, this thing just like you would like – you would be just like doing nothing. You'd be in Windows, and then you would fire a game up. And it basically went from zero RPM to like, you know, 1800 RPM. It was like, and it's just like, you just couldn't get away from it. If you did nothing, it would just kick on to max. Because, you know, I mean, fan fan curves were not that advanced. They didn't have technology to like slowly ramp things up or try to keep it quiet. We've really come a long way, but people just, people beat this card up mercilessly for being so loud. And, you know, I think a lot of people think like, oh, you know, decibels is a really, really good way to like measure noise, but not really because you can have loud that you like because music can be loud that you like. You can have really not high DB, but just horrible human range. Like if it was like a dog whistle for humans and it just would like, it would great. You'd have the loudest gaming PC with all the fans going, and we would fire this up in an office environment, and you would hear the fan kick up, and it was just like, <laughs> and it was just, it was, it got so bad that Nvidia eventually they got beat up so bad about it that they eventually, if you go out and you look up GeForce lawn blower video, they actually made a video where they just spoofed themselves. They sort of made fun of themselves because they realized, yeah, we blew it with the noise in this card. It was, and it's actually yeah. quite hilarious. They they really, they really sort of like took that design issues to heart, and they also sort of made fun of themselves. It was it was a really cool reaction to it. I think you showed that to me yesterday, and it's pretty great. I could they would never do anything like that today. It's a great, it's like a Harley. <laughs> yeah. No, the the first time I saw that video, I was like, no, they didn't make this. They yeah. wouldn't. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and everybody who was at video, they look like, wow, this is, we're all, you know, different. I, I had hair back then, but. Wait, which, was, which card uh, are we talking about? Still the same yeah, one. Oh, same same one. card, oh, okay. but they, if you, we'll put a link to it down in the description or some, just look up on, on YouTube, GeForce Lawnblower. They, 
internal and they said oh you know what would be cool is why don't we make this this card sound like loud like uh and then they had they had like the sound of a um a dental drill you know like dental drills immediately <laughs> set you like oh my god that's yeah, that. it's probably about as close to the the sound of this this card like he was like so this is a true class what i can't believe is how much somebody's trying to sell this card for that's crazy so it's immaculate condition it's perfect but there's no warranty and there's no take backs yeah it says it in uh the listing says it in uh red three times in all caps <laughs> no returns no returns no returns why would anybody i think anybody this... who buys that card would not want to read because you want it for you want it for yeah. posterity right yeah. yeah look if it's anybody's looking for older cards twenty five hundred dollars they're all of them are so expensive right now <laughs> Like I, I shopped for like a, a couple months ago, built a you know retro Windows XP system for myself just to have, and was trying just trying to pick which ones and all the cards I could find. So like the eighty eight hundred series, sixty eight hundred series from uh, Nvidia, and even the AMD counterparts, where you could find them between thirty and forty bucks in like the best conditions. So I got this other card the other day, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna buy the sixty eight hundred Ultra to put them on the shelf next to each other. Hundred and fifty freaking dollars. Really? Yes. I was like, why? And I, of course, it's because I wanted it. So <laughs> I was like, I'll just wait. Maybe somebody else on Craigslist will have one and they don't know what it is. Yeah, actually, I was explaining to my son because as we were tossing, this didn't go. It's going to sit on a on a shelf until my son and daughter probably clear the house out, you know. Um, but I was explaining to him the the way the life cycle of, of PC prices, because I have noticed this, because I've done this long enough. So you basically have launch price that starts up high, then it starts to go lower as new models replace it, and then it hits a curve where like, oh my God, I don't want a stupid AGP video card. Then it just kind of drops like a rock, and it scrapes along at this bottom where like, if you wanted a 6800 card, I probably have a few in the garage, but it would be down to like $5, right? Mm -hmm. $5 for the card, $25 for the shipping, where they try to get you on that. It'll mm -hmm. bounce along that way for about five years until they just don't exist anymore. And then somebody, somebody goes like, whoa, these are so rare. I can sell this to NASA. Now people want $3,500 for this video card, which at the time you couldn't pay people to take because it was so loud. <laughs> That's how annoying it was, right? So it was a joke. Like you said, it's, you know. It's, it's, it ain't right. It ain't right to so, so, like this. This basically, I, it's going to go on the shelf as a collector's item. So, uh, speaking of I collector's actually, item, let's look at this other big graphics card. I'm the graphics card guy. I love this Mars card. Which uh, one do you want to do? There's a few. The uh, side shot uh, three zero six five nine. Show the whole thing. <laughs> That's beefy. See, it takes two hands. Yeah, two hands. That is a uh, Asus. Asus back then, Republic of Gamers Mars 2 limited edition graphics card. And uh, just there were only 999 made. This is, I think, number 591. I took a picture of it. They actually included a collector's card. Oh, 551. This is number 551. This is a two and a half inch slot card. At the time, this was, this card existed in the days of the, uh, GeForce 580 GTX because the GTX was after 
at the time. They before NVIDIA for some reason moved it to the front. So it was the 580 GTX. NVIDIA made a dual GPU version, which is they put two two dies and the memory and all that on a single card. It was called the GeForce GTX 590, but it was a two-slot card. And it was essentially a a a 570. They basically like, you know what? We don't want to go 580. Dual 580s is way too much to do. We're not going to do that. We're going to do a dual card, single card, both on a, on a single card. A- Asus, of course, is like, hey, we're going to go to 11. They took, <laughs> they took two uh, 580 GTX card dies and all the memory and stuff, and they built a single board out of it. So they mounted two 580s. So NVIDIA never even went here, and they built this Mars 2 card. It was a limited edition card. And if you can look on the right-hand side, there are three 8-pin power connectors on there. That's ludicrous. And right next to them is just a big red button for 100% fan speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you well, know, now I, it's just called the turbo button. It's really interesting because, you know, back then, you know, you know, I know we talked about people complaining about the um, 5800, FX 5800, but there was a point in time where people like noise. People sort of like more fans was a show of more power in your computer, right? You, you cranked it up and all the 10 fans turned on and it sounded like a hovercraft. And that was actually a, a point of pride. And there's definitely a point of pride to go 100% fans on your graphics card at one point. I remember this came out right when I first started blogging for the Maximum PC website, like a decade ago or so. And I remember just looking at just the raw spec sheet and just like staring with my mouth open. They're really doing this. Like NVIDIA wasn't doing this. Asus is really doing this. Look at how thick those copper heat pipes are. That's ridiculous. You just don't see that anymore, do you? It's too much money in copper. Uh, I miss them doing their crazy dual uh, doubled up video cards yeah what was the last one like the 690 i think was the last official one they did a six a 760 i know oh did they yeah that was the mars 3 oh holy smokes yeah i do have a 690 on a shelf behind me but that's more of a just it's pretty cool uh i i should i i'm gonna bring up probably do we do the last one here yeah we we, the only one that's worth it yeah we should probably uh Let's do five five three. Let me find it. <laughs> Eight five 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 three. Near the it's end. The, it's got the blue cross. Oh, there it is. Yeah, so got it. Okay. I, obviously, there's other things in here. There's an AOL 1.0 disc. There's a <clears throat> Internet four explore Internet Explorer 4.0 commemorative edition disc, but um. This Prescott survival kit, Prescott survival kit is is uh, <laughs> it's interesting because the perspective of it now, this is basically uh, this was a, a marketing tchotchke. AMD loved doing these kind of things because AMD at the time always loved making fun of Intel. Basically, sent to everybody in the press a first aid kit, but in the top it says Prescott survival kit. And on the lower right-hand side, it says, Keeping Consumers Top of Mind, brought to you by AMD. And inside, uh, there was like an oven mitt. There were, I can't remember what else was in there. Is there burn ointment? 
there might have been burn ointment. There might have been an oven kit because at the time, <clears throat> Intel had, was producing this thing called the Intel Pentium 4 Prescott, which had a reputation for running at excessive amounts of heat. And AMD was just cleaning Intel's clock. And, you know, clearly they were running cooler, they were running faster, and they were running far more efficient that AMD could make fun of Intel by sending this out to the press, by sending out the Prescott survival kit. It's just funny now because you look at the situation we're at with desktops and, and now with laptops with AMD, and AMD is, again, firing on all cylinders. And to find this Prescott survival kit... I'm kind of like, wow, you know, this is this is time for AMD to to do a a fun thing just to send out to the press with to make fun of uh, of their nemesis because that sort of is a classic AMD thing. Of course, it's a it's a new administration with AMD. They may not do something so in your face, but um, they used to do stuff like this all the all the time just to make to make fun. They and another, I I wish I could find it. I've looked for it for years, but they had sent a. Keith, you, do you have this? But it was actually an AMD belt buckle sent out in the Phenom days. I don't. Uh, oh. They had an FX one, too. Oh, maybe that was it. Maybe it was because I, I had the, the box. Yeah, the Scorpion. I wanted. I wanted the. I don't know what they did. The belt buckle is probably sitting in a in a box somewhere or, at my previous. It was either supplier. the chip or the chipset. I can't remember if it was the FX chip or the chipset because the God, Scorpion just, almost doesn't make sense with. It does. They had doesn't. like the Dragon branding with the Fusion back then. I'm trying to think of what it was. I just remember, I remember being a Scorpion, and I'm thinking either Phenom or an FX part, but it was a belt buckle, you know, because you know Austin, Texas, AMD. So that was there. There were some times when AMD used to have a lot of fun poking fun at Intel. I I kind of wish they would kind of trade blows in lighthearted ways, you know, in the, in that way. Prescott Survival Kit. That's All the fun. memories. Yeah, that, that's we a lot bring of memories. Up the modem guard. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a lot of memories. Uh, I, I, I Keith, wanna... you had something, didn't you, to show off too? Oh, some uh, fun old. Well, it's just yeah. I I found it on again Craigslist the other day, and it kind of goes back with the interesting style coolers. But it's the um, AMD or ATI. Sorry, not AMD, but the ATI X850 XT Platinum Edition, and it had you know it's kind of the wild cooler design where it's two slot ish, and you had the heatsink back here. And then you had this big, you know, blower fan completely encased that then just blew out the back. It was um, it was a good pickup on, on Craigslist and I couldn't pass it up. So I had to Venmo the guy and he put it in a sealed bag and I picked it up from his porch and then left it outside for a while. <laughs> nice. Was it a good price? <laughs> uh, I got it for 25 bucks. There you go. And uh, it's going for on eBay 100 to $150. Wow. Nice. Just like what? the, uh, I, that's what I said. I don't know what happened all of a sudden. Dude just wants out of his house. I, yeah, I wasn't going to argue. I, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I wasn't going to indulge either, but <laughs> I still have some bo- Yeah. You know what's actually, a, it was an interesting collector card, but I, I gave it to somebody. It was a GT, it was a 7800 GTX. It was a single slot 7800. And I had it just sitting in the garage, and uh, there's a person, uh, Max, who did video editing, and he's a he was a Mac person. 
I was like, how come you don't upgrade the video card from this POS? He's like, oh, those, the a-holes who made this computer, it only worked with certain video cards because they had custom, a custom card. And the 7800 GTX was one of the cards that actually worked with it. So I gave it to him. Ah, that's cool. I've got an 8800 GT in the garage that's in my XP machine because it's up on a shelf. But it's actually one by XFX back when they made GeForce cards. That was a while you know, ago. Yeah. It was, a, for, it was a top dog edition. For some reason, I have like four 580 cards. I don't know why. They just kind of <laughs> ended up. I so which, which 580s? Well, they were, they were, oh, you're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have like four GeForce 580 cards. <laughs> okay. GTX cards. Maybe three. I used to use them for uh, loading up motherboards or to test uh, Tri-SLI and also to load up some power supplies because what better way to, to, to max out a, you know, 500 watt power supply than to run three for 580s. Me. I just want to... Before we sign off, I, can we look at one picture I want to pull up just to just yeah, look sure. back and see how good we have it now? Uh, it might be sideways. It's sideways in the original picture. 52817. This is just... It's Gordon's. I'm, I'm talking here, though. Uh, the system requirements for Starsheed's tribes. Oh. So these days, you know, we all complain. We're like, oh, a game, the requirements say 16 gigabytes, so they need, you know, this graphics card. But really, if you're playing a game these days, all you need to know is graphics card type, CPU type, you know, RAM, basically. This Star Siege Tribes, this is the system requirements. It tells you the minimum system. It tells you what Windows platforms you can run it on. You need to know that you need a LAN card and a modem and a CD-ROM. It has a 2D graphics card, a 3D graphics card, a sound card, peripheral support that you need, and even network support that you need. So that's just how far we've come these days. I just thought that'd be a cool thing to close out on because you don't have to worry about any of that anymore. It just works now. And this this uh, Tribes, which this is a sealed box, never opened copy of Tribes. I had another copy I played for years. This copy of or, Tribes actually supported uh, REL. So there was A3D audio acceleration and Glide. So two proprietary... APIs were supported by this game. And, you know, back then it was a point of pride to have, oh my God, I have all of this, right? I have a, a, a Voodoo card and I have an REL card so I can get all of the cool next, you know, acceleration. Otherwise it just looks like poo. And people would just be, people would just be happy. Like, oh my God, this is just the most awesome thing. Cause I, cause I can, I can, I can buy this extra hardware and get these features other people can't. Whereas today, you know, people rail against, you know, uh, yeah. RTX, right? They rail against ray tracing. They rail against DLS. Uh, so DLSS. Or they rail against special instruction sets from CPUs, right? It's I, I it's interesting how far we've come in, in the gaming and, and PC enthusiast community. Yeah, very different. It's awesome. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we've run out of time, so we're going to have to hold questions for next time. Uh, if you have any burning questions for Keith, you can always set him up on Twitter. That's what I did this morning. said, hey, you want to join the full nerd? Come on down. Hey, Twitter, Keith, what's Keith. your Twitter? Uh, it's at KeithPlaysPC. Boom. Cool. cool. Well, thanks right. for coming, Keith. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been wonderful. I'm going to take us out. Yeah, do it. So check back next week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd. For audio listeners, subscribe to on Google Play, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. For some reason, I can't read this because it's really tiny. <laughs> or Stitcher. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Also, leave reviews for us on any of those previous services. Every time you do, I dig up an old video card or floppy disk and talk about it. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ong with special guest, Keith May. All right, guys. Brad Charkis. Adios, y'all. And Adam Patrick Murray's going to hit the out switch. Thanks, everybody. Uh, build $750 build challenge tomorrow uh, at 10.30 a.m. Oh, yeah. Tune oh, I in. better do it. It'll be a good one. Uh, I haven't done my and, homework yet. Yeah, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, Keith, for, for coming. It's uh, thanks good for to see you, uh, you know, since CES, I guess, was the last time I saw you. <laughs> well, we're Me not going to get out anytime soon. Yeah, right? <laughs> Me and Keith have been Twitter buddies for, like, probably three or four years now. This is the first time I've ever had a chance to talk to him, so this has been yeah. great. Nice. Absolutely. That's awesome. We'll stay safe uh, and everyone stay healthy. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow.